Hi, friends. This is your host, Kristen Eastman. This week has been all about the potty training in my household, complete with the dueling grunters that I found in the bathroom as the two tiny humans tried to crack the code of successful pottying. Join me inside and let's laugh together as I explain more. Hey, busy sister. I'm so excited that you've come to this podcast. This is the place where you're going to find the uplifting, lighter side of life. Together, we're going to laugh totally at our kids' expenses. We're going to apply funny stories and life antidotes to biblical principles so we can take away the deeper lessons and implement those into our everyday lives. Because we're moms, we're going to find solutions for self-care, stress relief, and all the other things that seem to make life a little more overwhelming. I believe there is a way for us to find more joy and simplify from the inside out using scripture and a biblical foundation as our platform. Together, we're going to laugh, be inspired, grow in our intimacy with Christ, and find the sisterhood that you've been praying for. It's time to get uplifted, sister. My oldest likes to be super helpful. He took to potty training like a champ when he was several years younger, and now it's time for round two, teaching Jackson. Sam took some effort, but it was pretty straightforward. The typical bribery, time on the potty, scheduled potty breaks, and voila. A week or two later, we were ready to roll. But you know, just to make sure I didn't get too confident about my parenting skills, my youngest has been the complete opposite. This kid is so strong-willed. I find myself apologizing to my parents because I think he came by it honestly. He's sharp as a tack and he knows what to do, but he just chooses not to do it. And I had to up the ante on the bribery and in a single day... No wet pants. It was amazing. Then he tires of the positive reinforcement flavor of the day or week, and he's back to wet pants because he just doesn't want to take the time to go. And timed potty breaks, well, as long as it's on his terms, it works. If he feels pushed at all, I get the response, you can't tell me, which is his version of you can't tell me what to do. Then he pees in his pants a few minutes later after I've reminded him that he needs a potty break. Yeah, my diet consists of a lot of humble pie lately. No two kids are the same, and I've only partially cracked this nut. And I'm still dialing in how to best approach the task, but I haven't given up yet. Then there's teaching him to go number two in the potty. That has been an epic fail. He refuses, just flat out refuses, and he knows when it's coming because he runs and hides, and I'll find him hiding in places, and he's like, oh, just leave me alone. I'm not done yet, and I've tried every way from Sunday to get him to even stand in the bathroom in his pull-up, but no. The little rascal just has a plan of his own that apparently isn't on my schedule, so enter Sam. Sometimes we just need a buddy in the process. So Sam starts using his small training potty again, and Jackson is on his new, super exciting Paw Patrol training potty. Sam's trying to explain in his own way how to go poo on the potty. Of course, this would happen when they're supposed to be in bed, but I just let, I just let it go. If it works, I'll pay Sam with his weight in chocolate if he wants. Whatever that kid wants, he can have if he can just get Jackson to go poo in the potty. I am so over cleaning up poopy pants. 
So I'm standing outside the bathroom door and I peek in and they're both naked as a jaybird, each on their own potty, doubled over, grunting. And Sam explains, just do this to get the pee out, buddy. <sighs> then Jackson doubles over. <sighs> then they both just laugh and they do it again. Unfortunately, it didn't work, but it sure was entertaining. I kind of wish I had taken a, an audio of it to play when they're 18. They'll probably hate me for that, but I didn't think it, of it at the time. The Bible tells us in Thessalonians to encourage one another and build each other up. Galatians reminds us to carry each other's burdens And by doing this, we fulfill the law of Christ. One of my favorite passages comes from Ecclesiastes. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one person be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Sam may not see the bigger implications, but it is the best thing ever to see, even in children, that they're willing to carry each other's burdens. I didn't ask Sam to teach Jackson this, but he saw the struggle and so he jumped in. They'll stand together and they'll tackle the problem together. If kids need it and their lives are so much less complicated than ours, how much more can we benefit from it too? Life's a team sport and we aren't meant to tackle it alone. We have friends, family, church family, prayer warriors, even prayer hotlines. Not to mention you always have God standing at the ready, chomping at the bit for you to ask him for help and to lean on him. You are not alone ever. And the blessing in these dynamics really goes both ways. I can't tell you what a blessing it has been for me to walk with friends and family through their struggles, focusing on them, investing in them, praying for them, and watching God work in miraculous ways blesses my life just as much as it blesses theirs. It builds a relationship that runs deeper than others that aren't tested by the fire. It refines our character to better reflect Christ, who he really had the heart of a servant. It also helps to take take the focus off of myself. And oftentimes when I make my world bigger than just me, my troubles shrink. And maybe you've noticed that too. Your world can be completely encompassed by something. Let's take moving, for example. I've moved 12 times in the last 16 years, and that's a whole nother story why that's happened. But at least half of which were state to state. And a lot of it had to do with just my medical training and and having to move back and forth. We've been so stressed about how to find a place long distance. Is it a safe neighborhood in a town that we don't know? Will the dates work out? And the list goes on and on. My world became so consumed by the problem we had to solve, but when I lend an ear to a friend or volunteer to help someone else out, have a prayer session with a sister in Christ and lift up her burdens, well, my world gets expanded and my problem shrinks a little bit because it isn't consuming my everything. And in return, they help me battle through it, even if it's just prayer. And I don't want to say just prayer because prayer is a huge thing.
The most stressful move for me was when we had to move from Nevada to Reno. And it was between my first year of residency, which was internal medicine, and my second year, which was the start of my three-year dermatology residency. I had finished one program on Friday, and they didn't give me any moving time. So they made me work until the very last day. And then I started the next Monday at the new place, which was several states away. We were going from Nevada to Wisconsin. And we had to drive all of our belongings, which was a two-day trip. So my husband went to Madison um, on a scouting trip a few months before we moved to try to find a place. And there was nothing. I mean, nothing. By the time an ad was posted and he tried to set up an appointment to look at it, it was already rented. It was crazy. We were just praying and praying, and he ended up getting connected with a realtor by chance, and she showed him a place, and it wasn't even built yet. It was supposed to be finished by the time we moved. Have you ever built a house or heard of somebody building a house? You know, they're notorious for not exactly going according to plan. So it was a huge leap of faith on our our part. My husband, he was out of time. He had to get on the plane to leave and come back home. And so he said, okay. So he signed the rental agreement and we threw our hands up to God. And it was out of our control. But honestly, though, if you think about it, it had been out of our control the entire time. Well, It turned out great. It finished just in time for us to move, and I was able to start work that Monday after I had arrived, and I'm happy to say I had a roof over my head. I didn't have to sleep in my car. So many people prayed for us. They encouraged us. They reminded us that God's timing isn't ours, and sometimes these things happen to stretch and strengthen our faith. They didn't solve our problem, but they were there, and they were fighting it with us. So, Do you need a Christian sister in this world? Can you be that sister to someone else? Life is a team sport. We're not meant to go at it alone. It's a team sport. So let's team up. Let's put ourselves back to back and fight off the attacks together. Let's sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. Let's laugh together. Let's cry together. And let's celebrate all of those victories together. Lord, Thank you for never leaving us alone. You're always there, and you made us each family when we joined your family. Open our eyes for opportunities to team up together. Show us where we can support each other. Give us discernment where it's needed for others to lend us a helping hand where we need it. Lord, take our burdens and fill us with your peace that surpasses all understanding. We look forward to the opportunities to engage with each other that you are going to send our way. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wishing you joy, laughter, and an uplifted week, friends. Until next time.